0: Uh uh-huh all right welcome back to jps football my name is elliot evans i'm here with richie rich how we doing this evening buddy
1: oh i'm happy i love doing this football show we're gonna have a good one tonight talk about this very interesting quarterback market it's uh a lot of pieces starting to fall now
0: yeah it's it's we talked about it a, a little bit um What, two weeks ago, I guess? Yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. And it's already kind of living up to the hype. Like, it's a fucked up situation. I don't ever remember seeing a market that has this many options for who's going where. Big name dudes. Um, So we got to talk about the elephant in the room. First and foremost, the most recent news, Carson Wentz. Yeah. It's now a cult. Mm Mm-hmm. What's your uh, What was your initial reaction to that trade when it happened? Because I have, I have thoughts.
1: I felt it was the most sensible trade destination for him because of the connection with Frank Reich. For those who don't know, Frank Reich coached him as the OC in Philly during the Super Bowl run that they had. And um, unfortunately, he got hurt that year, but he was playing his best football. And I feel that for a guy that's lost a lot of confidence, he's gotten injured a bunch of times the last three years, um, going to a established locker room with an established culture I think is beneficial for someone that's trying to regain their career. And, you know, like anything else, you, you want guys that want to play with you and guys that believe in you. And I think coaching-wise, that's one of his biggest fans. So I think it's a positive thing for him. But I think the Eagles are pretty easy to make fun of right now, considering that they didn't get much for him. And I allude back to 17 when they won the bowl and they didn't win it with him. Mm -hmm. Wentz's value was very high. He was white hot, right, right there in terms of value. They didn't even get a first round of him.
0: I remember you, even at the time kind of having this conversation, obviously this was way before we had a podcast. Um, but we talked about, you know, is this time to move on from him? And, and I remember you being among few people that were suggesting it. Like, I would see it here and there on sports news, like ESPN and stuff. But like most people thought that was crazy. Like, no, he'll be, he'll still be great. But there was a few of you guys that were like, no, nah, maybe like cash in on him. And at the time, he was, what, dueling with Dak for who was the best QB of that class.
1: Yeah, they came out the same year. Um you made a good point outside how Philly had to reach for him, whereas Dak kind of naturally became a cowboy, and Dallas didn't have to break their necks to get him, but they still made a wise choice by getting him. Now, as far as the player goes, I think he's in a position where he might be able to regain some of what he was, because I don't think he's. it's all bad. I think you're talking about a guy that lost a lot of confidence, no matter what anybody says. When... You see your backup quarterback win a Super Bowl, and then the next year you get injured, and watch him win a playoff game on the road, and almost get to the title game the next year. Then you see your chance in the playoffs, and in the first quarter you get injured. I don't. That's got to be traumatizing. I don't know how you couldn't lose your confidence. And with that, the city—I mean, Philly—they're passionate, like similar to New York and a lot of the big markets—and but. When Philly hates you, it's like nothing else, and it got to that point where I just feel that in order for him to have any chance of regaining his career, he had to get out of there. It's a win for the Colts, because even if it doesn't work, they didn't give up a lot to get him, and if it does work, they did well. Philly is in full rebuild. They also got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Alshon Jeffrey is probably going to follow suit to aging veteran receivers, And it's funny because we're saying, okay, they just drafted Jalen Hurts last year. And I was saying outside, had they traded Wentz after that Super Bowl, they could have got great value to stay relevant while finding that next guy while Foles played the stopgap. They didn't do that. They let Foles walk. And Foles kind of, it was what I thought it was. He hasn't been good anywhere else other than Philly.
0: So, yeah, I mean, Philly's full rebuild mode for sure. They moved on from Peterson, correct? That was one of the first they got Sirianni now remember happened yeah Yeah. so I think he got
1: fired like one minute after the game
0: (laughs) yeah so you know they they are absolutely in full rebuild so you don't you don't want to judge them too harshly on what they received back um, because you're right Colts gave up very little given how much capital was invested in Wentz and his potential because I mean like it or not he's got the physical attributes. Um, and he's had moments of greatness in his healthier moments. Uh, my question is this: a lot of people, a lot of people use this word confidence and throw it around like it's this measurable thing. And it, too often, for some quarterbacks, it becomes a fallback excuse. Oh, he just doesn't have confidence, it's like, or maybe he just he's not seeing the game the right way, or you know. I think it's a little bit of all of it.
1: I mean. He was the most sacked quarterback last year. And um, Philly, while I give him credit for always playing hard, that offensive line was a revolving door the last year, year and a half with the injuries. I, I think they did an admirable admirable job considering how often they were changing guys. Um, but well, they've had a lot of issues.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I, I see that sort of cliche thrown around a lot by sports analysts like, with particular quarterbacks, they like to favor them. And I think you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And they get the benefit of the doubt that some other quarterbacks might not. Yeah. And it becomes this, well, Carson Wentz is a smart guy. Maybe so. But there's a lot of types of smart. Maybe he doesn't see football at the level he needs to for whatever his strengths and weaknesses are. Every quarterback brings a different skill set. It,
1: it could be that. It could be that um, one thing for sure. A lot of it's going to be identified early in this uh, season with Indy. Uh, they have a better O line. They have a better roster. They have a good coach. Um, a couple things go differently. They beat Buffalo last, this year that just ended in round one. They they played them tight.
0: Yeah, with the corpse of Philip Rivers, exactly. So. <laughs> and <laughs> I say Indy did well for the. Indy's most part.
1: missing a left tackle. That's what they're missing. A left tackle. They have a pretty complete roster. And given what they have, it might be enough for Wentz to get back to that level. Or it's, he might it might have passed him. We'll find out.
0: I would say of the open QB spots with all the, the carousel we're talking about, um, that's probably the best landing place, wouldn't you say? Like
1: Yeah, you got an established team. Their biggest weakness has been the stability of a quarterback when, since Andrew Luck retired, Rivers did a decent job given his age, but it's also once again a short-term plan. I think what they're banking on with Wentz, I believe he's twenty-nine going on thirty. He's still relatively young.
0: I think he's twenty-eight still.
1: Is that right? He's twenty-eight. He's he's still young. I mean, I get it because the reward is a lot bigger than the risk. And I think that's why they're willing to, die, to roll the dice and see if this works out.
0: Well, and does, does that sort of tie into the, the Brady conversation, the Rodgers conversation? Like, It used to be that a quarterback turning 30 should damn well be in their prime, mm-hmm. and, and it may still be that, but the timeline isn't quite as drastic. You're seeing more players performing well later into their career. Yeah,
1: guys are lasting longer. I, I do think that's directly linked to well, those a couple of variables. If we're talking about the actual sport, they're protected a lot better than they were years ago with a lot of rules. Um, diet, uh, training regimen. All of that is so much more enhanced
0: yeah sports sciences sports science just yeah gone light years in the last 20 years yes
1: and guys last longer and I think I do think it's directly linked to that even with surgeries on the medical side of things you know knee surgeries in the old days that was almost like career funeral whereas nowadays guys can come back from those kind of things Achilles tears you know these kind of injuries where in the old days they could have really ripped out your career. Guys are coming back more frequently now.
0: But you see it get brought up every time there's a contract. So, for example, you know, a lot of this Dak Prescott versus Jerry Jones situation, the contract dispute comes down to what is Dak Prescott worth and is that affected by his injury?
1: Yeah, it sucks because when you get hurt and you're in a situation like he was getting franchised, Um, you're vulnerable in terms of your value and getting your next payday or, in his case, your real first payday. Um, I think it would be very silly if Jerry doesn't pay him this year. And I've been saying it for a while. He should have paid him already. Now he's worth more. Prior to the injury, Dak was playing out of his mind, regardless of the incomplete team around him. And, you know, they're at a crossroads, so to speak, because – If they franchise this kid another year, I would be shocked if he's willing to stay after that.
0: Here's the problem to me with that. like, The briefest I could put this, they didn't think Dak was going to be as good as he was last year. Because he was. The Cowboys were not good, but Dak put up solid numbers. And yes, some of them were in trash time. But honestly, if you watch the games, he was really good last year. And it carried over to this season.
1: And what did you guys finish? Six and ten? Same as us, right?
0: Something like that.
1: So, Dak was knocked out by, I think, the fifth game of the year? Mm -hmm. Sixth game of the year?
0: Yeah, it took us about five games to figure out what we were doing.
1: I mean, Christ, you're telling me with a healthy Dak, they couldn't have been a 9-7 and team?
0: Most likely. And and people say that, like, it's not um, a significant step, but... When you're paying plays, you're literally buying wins, as they uh, talk about in Moneyball, right? Dak um, gets
1: credit for the second win, but essentially Andy Dalton won you five games. Dak started the game; he gets credit for the win, but Andy won that game against the Giants.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Point I'm making is they, they they could have easily been eight and eight, nine and seven, which would have been more than good enough to win our division.
0: Yeah, and and so here's the thing: the problem with Jerry not pain is they didn't believe in him last year when they could have had him at a deal that would be on par with the league. Right. Jerry Jones never wants any single player to be above the team brand.
1: You made a good point and this was just us talking recently. You said that Jerry seems to favor giving in to defensive players quicker than offensive players. Yeah. It's a it's a history that could be supported with evidence that you made.
0: Charles Haley.
1: Charles Haley. More recently, DeMarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Jalen Smith got paid.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: I mean, and look at his injury history uh coming out of Notre Dame and having that bad injury. Uh but now on the offensive side of the ball, you know, guys like Emmett had to wait.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: You could be spot on. I mean, Emmett was white hot when he was the face of running backs during that and era.
0: That's what it is. Is the face of the league is almost always an offensive player in this era and Jerry Jones is well aware of that because again, he doesn't want he wants to get big well-known players, but those players are never going to be bigger than the star because the star is him. At the end of the day, it's you know,
1: it's similar on some layers to what George Steinbrenner built with the New York Yankees for so many years, oddly enough. In Jerry's office, he has a big portrait of the boss, George Steinbrenner.
0: Jerry wants to be the dude. He wants the Cowboys to be associated with his name and his family, and always to be reminded of that. Not to be in the back seat to any one player, and you know, people have brought up racial things about it, and I, I'm not sure it goes there um, as much as people think as much as the ego thing of him just not wanting any player, regardless of color, to look like they're eating too well off of Jerry.
1: I I do think it's the latter. I I think it's exactly that, an ego thing. But I'll make one more analogy with with the late George Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner wised up after a while, knowing that just throwing money around and throwing a scream around It's not going to win you a championship, make you a dynasty, none of that. He needed to get baseball people making baseball decisions. In this case, I think that's where Jerry is a little bit behind the times. I mean, he's gradually been giving a little power away here and there. But, I mean, you look at the Dallas Cowboys' history, you know, were it not for a couple of little plays, they're the team of the 70s, not the Steelers. They were the team of the 90s. They have a very rich history, considering that they've been playing in the NFL since 1960. And this is a very long gap for them to not get to a title game or a Super Bowl. They have not been past the second round since the 95 season.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, people always want to, that are defending the team and the salary cap, right? They always go to the fucking salary cap to say, oh, they can't pay Dak because then they won't have a team around him. And yet the Chiefs fucking exist and just paid, Um, Patrick Mahomes, a a fucking small nation's GDP. Like, (laughs) if a team wants to pay a player, they're going to fucking make it happen. Now,
1: as a Cowboy fan, I'm going to throw this at you. During the Tony Romo era, I think a lot of us could agree that as great as he played and consistently was damn good, he didn't quite have the defense backing him up. Do you think that Dak sometimes pays the price? Because on some layers, Romo being the more established vet, a lot of people feel that maybe Romo, Dak hasn't surpassed Romo yet. I I, I wouldn't say that yet, not in Cowboys lore. Jerry did tend to throw some money at defense. You know, Jalen, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. I wonder if it's like the reverse psych now that he's re- maybe he's looking back and saying, damn, I should have got Tony a little more on the other side of the ball. Now he's doing that, but, yeah, but maybe he's a little more reluctant to pay the quarterback now.
0: That would make sense, but our defense was the problem last year. That they and were. They really still hadn't invested yeah. too much in the defense other than a couple of those big contracts. You
1: had, had, had a problem with underachieving it's, guys that were paid We let, and injuries.
0: We let our top cornerback go, and what he did end up getting paid is is absurd. We shouldn't have paid him that No, either. I agree. I wouldn't have but, done that. Um. You know, nonetheless, we picked the wrong player to back in in who we extend in that series of deals. So, you know, that comes down to internal scouting and player evaluation. You also had some
1: impromptu things happen, like a retirement from someone you didn't expect. Um The Cowboys could go any way picking tenth. I mean, it could it could be the kid be from defense. Oregon, Penny Sewell, best tackle in the draft, in my opinion. It could be there, it could be there. it could go that way. But yeah, the defense needs help. Patrick Sertain, he could fill a void at corner.
0: They they they've got more than enough issues there that they got to address. That, I mean, we'll we'll talk more draft in the future. But they they definitely have to wait and see where the uh, where the pieces fall. Yeah, a lot of that dictates
1: up. who does what in front of you. The Cowboys tend and free to be- agency dictates that too
0: the Cowboys are pretty consistent about taking the best available talent more so than a positional need when it comes to the draft. I agree with um, that.
1: We've been accused of that too.
0: Yeah, usually when it falls to later rounds, we're we're somewhat predictable in the uh, top of the first round. But anyway, um, the Dak thing comes down to this. Jerry Jones doesn't want to look like he lost the negotiation because now that's what the story is. Mm-hmm. And so the ego thing won't let it slide. So Dak, I really think we might let him walk after next season. And that's crazy.
1: It's it's complicated because I know that you have guys like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson who have been rumored to be more than a little unhappy with the direction of their franchises. In Wilson's case – The O-line has been below average for quite some time. And there's also been a lot of clamoring that the offense is outdated and that Pete Carroll has too much power. In the Packers' case, Rodgers hasn't been able to get the receiving core that he feels that he should have. And, you know, both those guys have won one, but they're running out of time to win, you know, more. And I I imagine they got to envy what the setup Brady had. And I yeah. think that's bad in a way because now you got these aging superstars like Wilson and Rogers that can point and be like, "Hey, what about us? Like we've paid our dues I, I want you to do something comparable to what they did for for Brady over there. Now, granted, Seattle and Green Bay Are have been better organizations uh respectively than Tampa, and I made my point last on the last show. Tampa was more desperate. That's why they were willing to you know throw shade to the future. To win right now,
0: yeah. I mean, they definitely set that up nicely for Tom. And yeah, if I'm if I'm um, either of the guys you've mentioned, I'm looking at I'm pointing over there and be like, yeah, where's where's mine? You guys want Super Bowls, right? That's what we're here for. Yeah. Um. So what are we doing? Because there is a lot of a lot of power with these brand name quarterbacks because the league has made it clear. Um, from the choices of the market, the team set for themselves, with Patrick Mahomes' contract in particular, the quarterback is clearly way more valued. It always has been, but it's becoming—it's another sea change where it becomes abundantly clear how overvalued they are, respective to the rest of the team. Something, and,
1: yeah, something that's messed up too. I'm, I'm just think about Aaron Rodgers for a second. To think that you had Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers and that you were only able to get one out of each of them, that's kind of hard to f- to fathom. I'm sorry. As great as those two are. It's, it's kind of weird to think that you only got one Super Bowl out of each of them.
0: Well, uh, but to play devil's advocate, if you say the Packers are, generally speaking, a good organization – maybe a lot of the greatness of both of those quarterbacks comes from the pieces they had around them and we even as uh analysts undervalue the rest of the team in the way the league does and it self-perpetuates because we as fans that buy into that mythology of the quarterback as the most important position continue to set the market because whose jersey are kids buying uh-huh the quarterbacks yeah and so you could set that value and say you know what even if um the fuck was the deal? Ten years? Even if Mahomes only makes through six and a half of them, they've made their money back on jersey sales and all the other um branding and advertising they've done with that name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's 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 an odd thing, but that's why that's why all these moves are fascinating. Cause on the one hand, you have teams tying up players with longer contracts in all sports. We talked baseball on your Instagram post. You brought up the baseball contracts. But the quarterback thing is we're committing long-term to the dudes we know we can sell. And if you're not cutting it, we're going fast. Like Wentz. Like Trubisky. Like Mariota. Like who else? Darnold. Like Rosen. Tyrod. Tyrod. Like a lot of these young quarterbacks that just kind of got okay, you didn't get it done, move on, we can't waste time. And that's why, the next dude,
1: like my guy, Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. that's why I don't really... This is
0: it for him, pal.
1: Third year. If you don't get it done this year, if they're not eight wins or better, he's out. He's out. They have to, at minimum, be a 500 team for him to have a fourth year.
0: And it takes something else, something that's a little bit silly. It takes a, uh, you know a clip on Twitter that isn't him falling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's going to take that highlight moment, that big comeback win or something, in addition to just him putting up better numbers and looking better uh, as a team, it's going to take a few of those special moments to make fans believe.
1: And I'll go as far as saying this with that situation. He was Gettleman's guy. He goes, Gettleman goes. This year they have to be at least 8-8. Eight and eight. And that's another thing that kind of, segues into a point here you look at the Wentz thing you look I mean it's like other jobs relationships carry into into other jobs with the same people Um, because normally when you have a new GM but the quarterback was from the previous regime or a new coach you're not their guy it was crystal clear in Philadelphia very quickly with Seriani taking over you can make a list of this all over the place, of places that, that this happened. I mean, you know, even my team, Eli wasn't a Corsi guy. He, that was rare, that he was able to survive two different GMs. But he certainly wasn't a Gettleman guy. You know, I mean, you know, he got dumped for Jones. There's, um, right now what's going on in Pittsburgh is interesting. Yeah. You have uh, a, a two-time Super Bowl winner. Ben Roethlisberger, very overpaid going into the next year. And Pittsburgh is strongly considering moving on from him, even though he has said that he's willing to take less.
0: Have you asked Miss Cindy about it?
1: No, I haven't.
0: No. Uh, so my my mentality on this is very clear, but it's easy for me. I'm, I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. Um, no sentimentality. He needs to go. Yeah, he was a large part of the problem, in my opinion. I I feel why that way they too. Fizzled out at the end of the year, they just he he's not capable of being a top level quarterback. And the way that team is set up, they need an elite talent because he was one for so long.
1: What caught my attention was um, when they were just around five hundred with Mason Rudolph last year. That kind of caught my attention and said to me. Ben didn't make that much of a difference if he didn't get hurt. And I think this year proved it. They won a lot of games on the back of their defense. They they grinded out a lot of games, but we used to make fun of it during the season this year. They got to be the worst 11-win team, 11-0 team I ever saw.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that was a quirk of timing. It was such a messed up year with um
1: They did get screwed with that COVID thing, having to play 3 games in 15 days. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, I you, think it was you know, 12 I'm days. I'm sure if
0: you're a Pittsburgh fan, you, you're arguing that derailed their momentum and all the rest. But Ben, is, his age showed it's it's time for them to move on.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Rudolph's been there. He might be the stopgap right now. They might already have him in the building. But a lot of Drew Brees. Do you
0: Jameis. take a chance on someone else, though? Like uh, trying to bring someone in that has maybe some upside but will sign for cheap like a Mariota?
1: Mariota might could make sense there, because then the Raiders aren't moving on from carr. Um Mariota could make sense as a short-term solution. And you know, they got Haskins who they picked up. I don't think he's they part of it. Yeah, well. I don't really think he's part of the answer, but you know, there, there's this market, the thing that's weird about it is that once I, these starters fall into place, and the biggest name we're going to touch on in a moment, Deshaun Watson, the backups. Are very valuable this year more than ever before, too. You got Andy Dalton's name out there, Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys that we know are backups, but that in certain scenarios could be stopgaps as a starter if they draft the kids. Fitzpatrick played that role this year. Um, Tyrod Taylor has been linked to some teams. You know, having a good backup, even if they don't get on the field, is very important for the growth of the young guy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean Andy Dalton was not. What was wrong with the Cowboys no. this season? No, um, he he did very well, so he kept his value up. In I thought opinion. he played well. Um, same with Fitzpatrick. You know, he's kind of you know what to expect from him. He's not who you want starting, but he's not gonna derail your whole team. And um, it's
1: weird. It's like you got like three or four younger guys that are like on the verge of superstardom. Talking about Mahomes, obviously. Well, Mahomes been there. Yeah, the uh, Lamar Jackson. Although there are some holes in this game, he has been a a name you constantly hear. Josh Allen, this was his bust out year, this particular year. You know, these are real young players. Then you have the underachieving guys that are in that same age bracket, like the Sam Darnolds. You know, other guys. It, it it's so wide open right now, and what's too much to trade for one of these guys? Because I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but Caroline is talking about Christian McCaffrey. And three first-rounders for Deshaun Watson?
0: Is it three? Three first-rounders. Three
1: first-rounders.
0: And Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson.
1: Which I think is absurd because I could I can could almost vouch for the three draft picks. But if you're going to move McCaffrey in addition to that, what's the point of getting Deshaun? Wouldn't it be make sense to have them work together? I know Teddy Bridgewater has been included in this as well.
0: Which I, is significant because Bridgewater is one of those um, stopgap options for any team quite
1: frankly if you moved teddy and three draft picks i think it's a and three first rounders may i say that's more than fair right there but to keep to keep mccaffrey uh, makes all the sense in the world because deshaun essentially might inherit the same bullshit that he had in houston the only difference is carolina has the money to spend so they and deshaun is, is an attractive player to play with so i can understand but Certainly, I imagine having a top-five running back along with that top-five quarterback would be a lot more attractive for free agents to want to go over and play in Carolina.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think it's pretty clear Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but I think people do underestimate a lot of his supporting cast, and this goes for any similar situation. You tend to get so used to hearing how bad the players are around him that you— Maybe stop critiquing his game. And I think it could be interesting to see how he does in a different situation and when the games come down to it is just on him or not. I think he's more than capable. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for many years to come. but I think you know, not everyone can beat Tom Brady and walk into a team and just turn it around halfway through the season
1: and And there's a lot of variables when you say a, a guy like Dak fell into a good situation in my opinion. A guy like Eli fell into a good position. Tom Brady as well. You know, in in all the cases of those three, there was veteran leadership and high character in that locker room when those guys walked in. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers fell into a good situation as far as I'm concerned. You know, um, but then you get your Josh Rosens, (laughs) your David Carrs. Guys never had a chance.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we talk about some of these young quarterbacks that never even really have a prayer of doing well. Um, and sometimes it it's not by coincidence. I, I told you outside we were talking about how these rookie quarterbacks that get thrust into starting roles uh, too soon are on shitty teams because if you're picking that high, you got more gaps to fill than just a quarterback. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, with very few rare exceptions, but um, and that's why you see a case like a Joe Burrow getting injured because he's on a team that's yeah you invest in need of a lot of lot of other pieces yeah
1: you invest that heavily into the kid, but so much incomplete stuff going on around him, and that's why a lot of these mock drafts have Cincinnati taking the kid from Oregon. I mean, after seeing their their quarterback get hurt like that, and you make such a huge investment, they're like, damn, you know. I don't care what anybody says, it all starts up front. But you know, uh that Stafford trade with Goff, that is a is that to me was too much. We spoke on that. I'm not gonna go dive in. But the point I'm making is a trade like that is a reason why Carolina could have the audacity to trade three draft picks for one player when you see what they got for Stafford.
0: Well, how much should they give up for Stafford?
1: Um, they gave up Goff. What was it? Three picks and Goff. I know there was a first rounder in there.
0: I have to look at that again, because to me, Stafford inheriting that situation is probably even better than the Wentz going to Indianapolis.
1: I think so, too, because um, they have the best defensive player in the league on the other side of the ball. And. They've gotten very good at finding ways to win because they had that ridiculous offense a couple of years ago where they were putting up all kinds of points. And they went shot for shot with the Chiefs. They lost the Super Bowl that year to New England. Goff regressed. They lost some receivers. And then they became more of a control clock running team and really leaning on their defense, relying on their defense. But I mean, you look at that game they played against Green Bay, if Donald isn't 50% 50% and playing 50% of the snaps, maybe they win. But Goff wasn't the answer, and Stafford has been one of those guys that you're like, damn, if he had a team around him, maybe, but he is 33. And that's another thing, too. You look at Deshaun being much younger. It's, um, I guess the answer is, at least my answer is, it's a quarterback-driven league. They are the most important position now more than ever before, and that's why you're seeing all this these investments getting and these assets getting thrown away for one particular guy that you can build it around.
0: But I, so I've got like three arguments to make here. One, uh, Stafford gets his chance to prove what he's worth. Yeah, for sure. um, Because that plays into that same issue talking about Deshaun. Like it's, it's all, it's all on you now, buddy. You got no more excuses. So let's see if Detroit was fucking you over or Houston was fucking you over as bad as it seems. And and frankly, the organizations in both cases did screw their quarterbacks over and waste a lot of talent. But um, let's see how much. Because a lot of people tend to think it's just that simple to come in and take over. Now, I argue with the value of these quarterbacks being so ridiculously high. I, I accept that it's a quarterback-driven league, but nonetheless, best quarterback in the league lost the Super Bowl to one of the best of all time but he's no longer playing at that level you know what i mean like tom brady is is the goat we had this talk before but he didn't out-duel patrick mahomes nor so did much he out
1: aaron Rodgers the week right, before the so, game before that
0: right he had a better team his team won and he's the leader of the team so all credit is due but the point is um what's the flip side of that you know um we can acknowledge the team and then not mention how many other positions need to get paid for that to be true. Um, You know, it's it's just something. And ultimately
1: the way teams stay relevant when you draft and when you hit free agency is the question is, can you replace the talent that you're letting leave the door for something comparable and cheaper? Because at the end of the day, it's a business teams like the Patriots, with Bill Belichick's direction, have exploited that for years. And more times than not, they're right.
0: And the last thing I wanted to mention was just that Jared Goff was another one of these examples we started with of quarterbacks that really did not have a lot of time before a team was ready to say, okay, let's try something else. And this is a
1: guy that played in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the patience level has never been thinner. And it's a weird combination of things because Rivers is out of the league now. Eli just before him retired. Ben... I'm not, everybody says he might play somewhere else. I'm not convinced. It'd be hard for me to see Ben in another uniform. Point I'm making is that that was the last great quarterback class going back to 04. This particular class is being compared to that one. And I find it ironic how those 04 guys are leaving. And then you got your middle of the road guys that are finding new homes. And now you got this influx of all these this quarterback class coming into the league. And that is why you have such a revolving door going on.
0: They say that every few years about the quarterback class and I think Trevor Lawrence has been hyped up for his whole career and yet to my eye I saw regression the last year um and again not necessarily just because he was playing at a lower level but his team wasn't as good and and the results proved that
1: Ultimately the only thing that can prove any of this is time when the 04 class was blown up the reason they got the accolades is because they they proved that they deserve to be considered that good of a class,
0: for sure. I just I have that that same like you brought it up outside the David Carr fear. Like I'm worried for Trevor Lawrence; he's going to get put on a, a very incomplete Jacksonville team, um, and you know he's going to take a lot of hits.
1: Yeah, the he's one thing get banged up this year. The one thing the Jags got going for them, they have money to spend, mm-hmm. and I think that the turnaround could be quick if the proper moves are made a team like Carolina who's hot on hot for Deshaun Watson they can turn it around quickly because of the fact that they have that kind of money the Jets are in a position to spend um I
0: just it's it's this year was so weird I think because at first glance it's the closest I've seen to a team just like totally building from a shit team to a a great Super Bowl team overnight. In reality, Tampa wasn't that bad last year. No. We've talked no. about it on here, so I won't go into it again. But in most cases, you can't build a Super Bowl team overnight. It doesn't happen. It takes a couple years.
1: Now, I know we're going to be trying to wind down now. I'll make this quick. We don't have to get all into detail on it. I'm going to name a couple of free agents, say two or three. And that's the cool thing about these football shows. We can go into more of them next time. JJ Waddell. Where's he going? Just one word. Where's he going?
0: <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Uh, uh, shared in the chat, bad information, so I'm scared now.
1: Our host, Jordan Patrick, kind of said the Bucks, kind of said the Packers. I think he was a little more recently leaning towards the Packers. He
0: said the Packers.
1: I'm going to second the, our host. I'm going to go Packers. You got anything or are you going to avoid this one? Chicago. Yikes. Shocker. Deshaun Watson, I've been saying since the last show he's going to Carolina. You got somewhere where he's going?
0: I'll second it.
1: All right. That's an easy one. Von Miller. Looks like he's getting released.
0: Really? Released?
1: Yeah. Yeah, They're going to move on
0: uh san diego or not san diego (laughs) la chargers
1: actually kind of makes sense um la chargers it makes sense
0: yeah you like that i do like that
1: all right we're at let's get two more in we're we're looking at our little timer here Hmm. robinson of the bears where's he going They can franchise him. I don't think they will.
0: Cincinnati.
1: I'm gonna go Miami.
0: Ooh. That'd be dangerous.
1: Last one for today. <laughs> There's so many. Um Zach Ertz. chicago i'm gonna go india he's gonna reunite with his buddy wins you know you can't always dissect all these moves because we would be on the air for two more hours but uh the fun part of this and i'm kind of jotting down in my little notepad and i'm gonna post it to see where i do when they all these guys get signed so far i'm one for one it looks like i might be two for two pretty soon all right
0: Yeah, so I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back next week, um, Saturday, 8 a.m. We will release the Jordan Patrick Show. Our main show will be returning for you next week. Um, And then you'll have JPS football coming up the week after. Can't wait to talk to you again.
1: Yeah, uh, looking forward to the main show. Baseball's on the horizon. We do a huge baseball show. Got a lot of NBA to speak on as well. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you.